0: Welcome to Stand Out Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with Rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Canters, your host and founder of The C-Method, communication skills training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Episode 141 of Standout Get Noticed. Christina with you here. This is the second last podcast for the year. How exciting is that? Can you believe it? We're at the end of 2017. Now, I thought it would be appropriate to reflect on the year and bring you the best bits from some of my favorite interview guests from 2017. I am so grateful that this podcast provides a platform for me to connect with such amazing people, to learn from them, and to share their wisdom with you. So this episode is a celebration of my wonderful guests, and it's also a great opportunity for me to draw out some key lessons, which I found had a profound impact on me, and to share those with you too. So I have seven lessons from seven guests of 2017 to share with you today. I will link up all the original episodes in the show notes at thecmethod.com 2017. That's the numbers, 2017. So if you want to go back and listen to the full conversation, just go to that one blog post, thecmethod.com 2017. I will list them all there. Alrighty, let's get into it. The first guest I'd like to reintroduce you to is Mike Rolls. Mike is a professional speaker and double amputee who inspires people to be resilient and to amputate the dead weight from their lives. After contracting a deadly disease which led to him having one leg amputated, nine years later he made the terrifying decision to amputate his other leg which had been holding him back from living his life to the fullest. In this excerpt you're about to hear, he talks about how after the amputation, when he shifted his focus to all the things he could do instead of what he couldn't do, he realized how much more he could now accomplish compared to before. Here's Mike.
1: I've managed to focus all my energy and attention into golf instead of football and stuff. You know, I can't sit there and say, I love playing footy. You know, I love that. And I missed it. And I, all contact sports, but what do you do? Like, I'm, that's not, I'm not going to play football again. You know, you can whinge and moan about that all day long, or you can do something that you can do and do it well. So I, I started, you know, getting serious about golf and practicing and becoming better at learning how to balance through the, the swing. Cause I don't have ankles. So, um, and then I got back to, you know, a level which is better than before, um, like when, than when I had legs, which is something I'm really proud of and was able to play in Japan with the Australian team which was an amazing experience but then running again was something I was able to do afterwards once I healed up you know that was out of out of the question with the foot so running again getting back in the water I wasn't allowed to swim in you know pools because of infection uh, to the wound so there's a whole bunch of things and then yesterday I was just mentioning I did Eureka climb for the fourth year and and if I climbed upstairs when I still had that foot um, I reckon about four flights and I'll be done I'll be laid up for like three weeks guaranteed so uh, now I'm able to do far more physically and it's, it's amazing what happens when you address something in your physical life. All of a sudden your mind starts to clear. Then that moves into uh, other things. Like I started to go down the speaking path. You know, I did a, a counseling, I've got a counseling diploma. I help other people, other amputees at the, at the cold face of their amputation, um, and do, do a number of, uh, other community, uh, things, you know, that, that I'm really passionate about, which I don't think I'd be doing if I was still in that, in that, um, perpetual state of dealing with something that I needed to, to deal with. You can focus so much energy on on things that are just fruitless and that's one thing that I, I'm really passionate about. A lot of people, um, you know, they, they always talk about, they ask, they ask why, you know, like why did it happen and everything like that and I, I always, I'm, it's almost like I'm allergic to that word when it comes to trying to explain things and, and you can't explain the unexplainable. Um, sometimes things happen in our life that are out of our control and you can get into this really bad rut, this cycle of trying to explain everything and everything, you know, that saying everything happens for a reason. No, it doesn't. It doesn't happen for a reason. Maybe in certain cases, but there's things that happen on in the world that are always going to be unfair. They should never have happened. And we just have to deal with certain things. So, the asking that why and getting in that real... Uh, That vicious cycle of trying to explain things and justify things to ourselves is not going to help anyone. You've just got to pick up the pieces, work out what you've got here, learn from the experience if you can, and then move forward the best way possible.
0: Loved that conversation with Mike Rolls. What an inspiring guy. Do listen to the full episode if you haven't already. Okay, next up is the remarkable Joshua Spodek, who is a lecturer and authority on leadership and holds 5 Ivy League degrees including a PhD in astrophysics. A single sentence can do nowhere near enough justice for what Joshua has accomplished, but just know he's a ridiculously talented guy. On the podcast, we talked about what authentic voice is and why it's so important as a strong leader to be able to speak with authenticity. And here, he describes an exercise that will help you do just this. Take a listen.
2: A couple times a day, Write down that voice inside your head. So not what you're thinking about, but the actual words, you know, the words might be, well, I don't know what to write. What am I thinking right now? I can't really think as fast as I, I can't write as fast as I think. So how am I supposed to write this down? That kind of voice, a lot of people hear it all the time, but they don't really, they've never written it. And so writing it down the first couple of times is pretty hard because you, you can't get a grasp of it. And it's like drinking through a fire hose. You can't write as fast as you think. But after a week, you kind of get the hang of it. And it's only by doing it, it's very experiential, only by doing it can you really do that. Can you pick up that voice? After you've done that exercise, now you can, Everyone, I recommend trying this because it doesn't cost anything, it doesn't take any time, and it's kind of fun. It might be challenging if you haven't done the earlier exercises before, but anyone listening to this can do it. So the exercise is simply to speak that voice as it goes on in your head. And, it takes practice and you won't be able to do it perfectly because it's just really hard. But the more that you do it, the more that you can just speak. And, and I tell people the first times you do it, if you're really uncomfortable, just, you know, go in your room by yourself where no one is and just face the wall and try it so no one else can hear you. And you won't have to worry about, you know, telling your best friend that you hate them or something like that. Like that's a fear that people have. I, I enjoy doing it. For example, if I'm at a buffet, I, for some reason I'm like, Oh, the potatoes look good. I think I'll have a couple of potatoes. Oh, I think I had too much. Yeah, let's I'm gonna go on. Let me get some more green. I'll get some broccoli. The broccoli looks a little wilty though. Maybe not the broccoli. I'll have some kale. Yeah, kale is good for you. I'll have a bunch of kale. Or when I'm waiting for luggage at the uh at the airport. Why does my bag never come out? Why does Aaron's bag come up before, before mine? Oh, there's mine. Oh, I thought that was mine. It looked like mine, but it's not. Mine has two pockets on the outside, and that has one pocket on the outside. Why did they? They came out before me, after me, and now they get their thing first. What? See, it's funny because it's you think that, right? Everyone's worried like if people could read their minds, they'd be embarrassed. But I think it would be more like, oh, I'm just like everyone else. Everyone else thinks all this weird stuff too.
0: I've actually started journaling my inner monologue in the mornings. It's amazing what runs through our minds and we don't even realize it. Now, the point of that exercise is once you feel comfortable speaking your inner monologue, you will then be more comfortable to speak without a filter and speak with true authenticity with other people. Now, if this is the first time you're hearing this, you probably have some questions about it. So go to that episode and listen to the whole conversation. Okay, let's move on to our third featured guest, Sari Delamotte, who is the CEO and founder of Forte, a communications consulting firm. She is an expert in non-verbal communication, and here she shares what it means to be really present in the moment and why it's so important. Ironically, this is a completely different approach to the exercise you just heard from Joshua, where it was all about listening to what's in your
3: head. Now, this is all about getting out of your own head. He's sorry. You can't have presence if you're not actually present and so I think that's the first place that most people go awry is that they're not actually here. So, I'm working with a trial attorney and I'm watching them in court and they're asking a question of a potential juror and as the juror starts to speak, where does the attorney go? Are they actually listening? No, they they go in their head and they think, oh, what am I going to do with that? How am I going to follow up on that? What does everybody else think? Is this a good juror? Is this a bad juror? And then they lose this great opportunity to follow up on whatever the juror said because they weren't actually present and they weren't actually listening. And I think a lot of us do that. We tend to try to preempt the inevitable silence we are afraid is going to happen. In fact, we're so afraid of silence. uh, I think Uh, humankind for some reason is afraid of silence. In fact, many of my seminars, I have us hold silence together for two minutes and it's almost like people want to rip their faces off and run from the room. But silence is so powerful. We're so afraid of it. And so I think the first component really is to get present, to have enough self-trust that you're going to know what to say when the person stops talking and that it will come to you more easily, in fact, if you're actually present with that juror or whoever you're speaking to, than trying to preempt that and go, okay, I'm gonna come up with something to say so that I don't look like a fool once, you know, they're done talking. In fact, I was at lunch with a, a lawyer client recently and he was complaining about jury selection and how hard it was, which was always hilarious to me because I think that's the one time we can actually connect on a human level. But of course, lawyers are often have their humanness trained out of them in law school. And uh, so we're talking and he said, I hate jury selection because you can prepare your side, but you never know what they're going to say. So it's always, you can never be fully prepared. And I said, you know, that's so true. How much did you prepare for today's conversation? And he said, what do you mean? I said, the conversation we're having right now, he said, I, I didn't prepare at all. And I said, and you're doing so well. It's amazing. But it's so true. We we tend to be more present in our day-to-day activities. We go to coffee. We have lunch with people. We're not rehearsing what we're going to say. We're just there and present. And I think those are the best speakers. And people always talk about my presentations and how fun they are to watch. It's because they're, they're non-verbally excellent, at least I hope. I keep working at that. But I'm also very conversational, like like we're having a coffee, me and these 300 people in the in the group. And I think that's where that, that piece comes in, is you've got to be here. You've got to be present. you got to have enough self-trust to not have to constantly be thinking ahead two or three sentences and just be with the person in front of you. That's the first piece. That's the mind piece. If you want to hear the other
0: components of presence, listen to that full conversation. So much value in there with Sari Delamotte. Okay, let's move on to speaking and marketing powerhouse Dustin Matthews, the co-founder of Speaking Empire. This one's for those of you who want to master the art of public speaking and really connect with your audience. Here, Dustin shares why top actors and performers can command such high fees and how we can apply it to our own speaking. Here's Dustin.
4: You know, a lot of people, when they talk, in my experience, you know, they give their teachers, right? And so they give great value. And if you've ever spoken before in front of a group and you just taught your heart out, it's not the same as selling an idea. It's not the same as getting people to buy a product or service or an appointment. And often, oftentimes we found the statement to, to be true. The more you teach, the less you sell, now it doesn't mean that you shouldn't deliver value, but what you should be doing is modeling what the most successful people in society do. And so I, I kind of want to take a sidebar here. If we take a look at Christina, the, the most successful people in terms of monetary and fame and fortune, not that that's like the end all be all, but if we look at that and use them as a model, entertainers, athletes in our society, performers, they oftentimes get paid more than a teacher or a professor And so its I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. It's just what it is in our society. It's what society rewards. And so if that's the case, what is the athlete or performer or entertainer doing? Well, they're entertaining us. And so when you speak or perform in front of others, you ought to be thinking about delivering massive value. Don't get me wrong. They're massive, massive value, great content. But also we should be entertaining, being vulnerable, telling great stories, making them laugh because it's the emotion that really connects with them.
0: A great lesson there from Dustin Matthews. Stories, people. Emotion. Fewer facts. Get onto it. Okay, next up, this is the the fifth guest I'm sharing with you today, is my good friend and brand experience guru, Matt Baker from Clear Group, who joined me on the show to talk about fixed mindset versus growth mindset and why if you want to reach your potential and achieve success, you've got to be aware of your mind and whether it's helping you or holding you back. Here's Matt.
5: A lot of us are driven by a fixed mindset and driven, I mean, you know, they're complacent. Okay. So we're faced with an obstacle or, or there's a challenge in the way and we say, well, we don't have the intelligence or energy to embrace that challenge or to, or to push through this blockage. Um, so I'll just walk away from it. And we do that because we believe that um, most people believe that the intelligence that we have is fixed. It's what, it's what we have. It's what we're born with. uh, We're never going to achieve anything more. So that's the fixed mindset. The growth mindset is really about looking at the world in a different way, looking at it from the point of view that, um, failure is a part of the process. It's just a part of the journey on our road to success. And the challenges that we face are there to help us, uh, learn more and, and be more and be all that we can be in life. So with a growth mindset, we'll embrace those challenges we won't walk away. We'll see the success of others, those people that um, we may have envied in the past saying, I'll never achieve that, I'll never be that. They're lucky. Those people are lucky. No, they're not lucky. They've just worked really hard. They've put the effort in. They've embraced effort. They've embraced challenges. They've embraced failure on their road to success. So we look at their success and we say, okay, well, what are they doing that that I could do? What path have they uh, laid in front of themselves that I can then step in their footsteps and learn some things from instead of saying, I'll never get there.
0: So many good things shared in that episode. Do go back and listen to the whole thing if you want to make some positive mindset shifts in order to impact the rest of your life. Okay, next up is the wonderful and inspiring voice coach, Emmanuela Grace from Find Your Voice Australia. We talked about how you can improve your voice in order to have more influence, more credibility and more impact when you speak. Here, she shares what we can do to start exploring the range of our voice in order to eventually make a strong and impactful sound when we need it.
6: The way we learn an alphabet is by playing with it and we use different resources like blocks and drawings and things and we play And as adults, we so rarely play now. And the best way to actually get your head around a new concept is to come to it with a childlike mindset, to come to it with an acceptance of your ignorance and let go of everything else that you know. So one of the things that I give people as homework is singing in the shower. Hopefully you're in there alone and you can uh, start to make some sounds and start to make some noises in a really exposed way. Now, if you can get silly with yourself in the shower with the vocal tones that you're using, it's going to be a lot easier when you're around other people. It's funny how nervous people get with themselves. Mm. And it's like, try it. You know, I even have days where I stand in the shower and I can't think of anything to do. Like, <laughs> I can't think of any, any sounds to make or my mind will go blank. And it's the most incredibly vulnerable place. But if you can learn to step up in there and really let loose, that will go with you into the rest of the day. There was a sound, uh, that I was trying to master when I was first learning about musical theatre. And it's this kind of big, like, witchy sound, like, <laughs> like, but, uh, that, okay, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's me still trying to do it quiet. So when I first, like, was trying to master that sound, cause it's such a big sound and you can't, like, you heard it didn't sound very good when I tried to do it quietly. Like, you can't halfway belt. You can't. Mm. It's an all or nothing sound. And and I remember the first time I ever tried to do that sound, my husband came running in. He thought I'd fallen over in the shower and I was squealing.
0: Just a side note, in Australia, we love to shorten people's names like Matt instead of Matthew, Josh instead of Joshua, and Straya instead of Australia. Emanuela's told me that people are constantly trying to shorten her name and they often ask her what she gets called for short. And she says, Emanuela. <laughs> So if you reach out to her, don't write, hey, Em, she will cut you. Just kidding. But do call her Emanuela. Okay, it's time for our last featured guest for this episode, whose name needs no shortening. It's professional keynote speaker and former world champion of public speaking, Mark Hunter. Mark has a wonderfully introspective take on how to impact an audience, and here he explains why he's not comfortable with the tell agenda or the traditional motivational agenda of most speakers. Here's Mark. Uh,
7: I don't believe in Australia. If you get up on a stage and jump up or down and um, you say, hey, everybody, wow, you know, everything's going to be wonderful. All you have to do is follow my 20 steps and you too can be a millionaire having uh, 40 or 50 um, properties. Uh, And if you follow my steps, you too can get up and walk, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's a tele-agenda, and that's the the motivational one, and I've never been comfortable with it. Uh, I think it fits certain cultures very well, but it doesn't fit all. And so I tend, even when I'm doing a keynote, there will always be that opportunity for people just to hear and understand What's being said, and then at a later time, they might pick it up. You know, Christina, I'm I'm really miffed at our, and I'm only saying miffed because I'm polite. Uh, at our obsession with getting to the end, having you know, uh, you too can be a millionaire. So if you come and follow me and do my steps, look down the track, and uh, you know, in in six months you'll be a millionaire, and. I don't think that's ethically right. I think it's okay to have goals, personal goals, but to work with people and say this is what you need to do to be absolutely mind-blowingly successful is not the way to go because I, th- what, what happens is you lose the sense and the feel of the journey. It's the same thing with, you know, you can be extraordinary. Um, And we've forgotten that it's okay to be ordinary in an extraordinary way. Uh, We don't all have to be mind-blowingly different. But ordinary is okay. It, it, It gets people on board and can take them on that journey closer to where they want to be.
0: It's okay to be ordinary. A refreshing piece of advice there from Mark Hunter. I think oftentimes we get very caught up in this need to be more, do more, have more, achieve more, and be extraordinary, which can get really exhausting. I know because I've fallen into this trap many times and it leads to you never actually feeling like you're successful because you're constantly striving for more, 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 more for the next thing. And I've discovered that it helps to practice gratitude and mindfulness to bring you into the present moment and be happy about where you're at right now in this moment. And on that note, I'd like to thank you for being present in this moment with me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's nice to reflect, isn't it? And like I mentioned, you can find all full episodes in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 2017. That's the numbers 2017. Speaking of reflection, next week will be the last episode of the year. So I'm going to do a short episode on the importance of reflecting on what we've achieved or haven't achieved and how it can help us to feel good about where we're at. And like Mark says, to appreciate the journey. Have a fabulous Christmas and I will talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Okay, I couldn't help myself. I'm doing a Christmas song for you. I hope you have a happy and safe holiday season. Enjoy.
8: You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. He's going to find...